0: Hey, welcome to the table, everyone. My name is Debbie Manning. I'm one of the pastors here at the table. I was thinking about, you know, we have been here renting space from Bethlehem Lutheran about a year and a half. And a year ago, we weren't even here. We couldn't even be inside even with masks on. So I was I was thinking about how grateful I am that we can be together. And I was thinking about this past couple of years, this past year even, and how um, hard and divisive and uncertain and at the same time just lots of joyous wonderful moments and i was thinking about how grateful i am that in this season that we've we've gotten to do this together that i can look around out here and see family and friends and new people who have decided that you know what we are going to do this together we are going to be the hands and feet of christ we're going to be the community of god and we're going to gather on christmas eve and we're going to pause from our lives And we're gonna remember, we're gonna remember the truth that we hang on to no matter what is going on in the world and in our lives. And that is God with us, Emmanuel. So welcome as together we celebrate Christmas together this evening. Couple quick things we wanna just remind you that we're not meeting on Sunday night, no church. So please enjoy time with family. We will be back together though on January 2nd. So we hope you will join us then. And then the other thing that we wanted to let you know about is every single year, we give our entire offering on Christmas Eve away. We give it outside these doors. And this year, once again, we'll be giving it to ACE in the city. So if you guys would like to donate to give, there's a box, which was up there. We'll make sure it's there when you leave. (laughs) Or you can go online to uh, the table, MPLS, and click on the giving tab, and you'll find it right there. Ace in the City has been a partner of ours for several years. Um, They are just down the block, headquartered out of the block, and they do amazing things in the Powderhorn community. And we've had the privilege of getting to partner with them in the Flourish Food Market and some of the other things that they're doing, um, just bringing light into the world. So take a look at this, um, and you can get another look at what they're doing.
1: Hey, friends. This is me 20 or so years ago for any semblance of facial hair, or gray hair for that matter. Back in the days of bleached hair, or frosted tips, and those massive cubic zirconias. That's Andy, but friends knew him as Ace. Ace was more like a brother to me. We bunked in the same room together. We kept ourselves up late at night, sharing stories of our day, playing video games. Here's the thing about Ace, and it's the same thing about belonging, is that whenever I was with Ace, I felt valued, I felt seen, I felt like I mattered. Back in 2008, uh, Ace, my brother, died in a tragic car accident in a season of my life when I was dealing with my own uncertainty of a lost job, of not knowing what my next would be in my career. I was in a tough spot, I was a wreck. I was in what I thought was was rock bottom, losing my brother. Um, But spending the week with my second family, I found some clarity as I was navigating this tough time in my life. And I found clarity in stories of Ace, stories about a guy who understood who God made him to be, a guy who understood his giftings and his passions, and he brought those with him wherever he went. I drove back home depleted, broken, but believing when you lean into your uniqueness, when you carry those things with you, the world around you becomes a better place. And so it was that this car ride home was actually the birthplace of something new. With this vision of, like Ace did, creating safe spaces where people are seen, where people are valued, where people are known, Ace Hoops was born in the fall of 2008. In our early years, safe spaces were found on the basketball court in gyms like this, where we would just create memories on the court over $5 pizzas and dodgeball and basketball games. We laughed as we listened to stories of one another, stories of faith and friendship and life and community. And that's the thing about belonging. That's the thing about bringing our best of listening to each other, that we have something to give and we have something to receive. The gym remained a safe space for the Ace Hoops community for a number of years after 2008, but these safe spaces grew out of the gym into public school classrooms, on playgrounds, in local coffee shops, at retreat centers, within our own homes. Belonging was cultivated in these new spaces. And so it was in 2012, Ace Hoops emerged with a bigger story to tell, a new narrative, and a brand new name, Ace in the City. But belonging had more work to do. Even as these safe spaces were outgrowing the containers that we were placing them in, leading us to an important organizational question in front of us. Was it time for ACE in the City to have our own home? We looked high and low, but the answer was in front of us all along. With church buildings sitting on every corner in our neighborhood, empty or underutilized all days but Sundays, we wondered what could belonging look like if we reimagined and repurposed the space that we called home. So we built a home for us, for our neighbors, for our partners, for like-hearted people and organizations who viewed our work like we did. And so the byproduct of ridiculous generosity and labors of love and sweat and so many trips to that dumpster outside, the center of belonging opened its doors in the fall of 2020. Belonging multiplied not because Ace in the City worked harder, but because we linked arms and believed we could do more together than we could ever do alone. Something that we say often is that the one thing that the world can never take away is your story. And our story has been so many things. It has been rich and abundant and good, filled with some of the most gifted and generous people that I've ever known. Views from the mountaintops in the valley, lows, twists and turns, ups and downs, dead ends and new opportunities. We've adapted and we've flexed. We've listened and learned from a changing community, but we have been unwavering to the place that we're going, to the place of belonging where all can flourish. We are becoming more confident by the day of the allies and the agencies and on the ground community developers who are cultivating belonging alongside us. What's needed, we believe, is less programming and more placemaking, more dreaming and scheming and reimagining of how we inhabit the spaces that we call them. I think almost every day of, of ACE and what he's meant to me personally and the legacy that he left behind for everybody who knew him. And here we are in 2021. We are turning the page to a new chapter, but make no mistake, our story is just beginning.
2: that have grown
0: allergic to what's now and our tired hands that are addicted to reaching for what's next. God of here, grant us the courage and capacity to be here with you like you are here with us. When the deadlines and due dates pull us away from the present, God of today, pull us back. Remind us again that you are the God of life as is and not life as if and that we can only be where we actually are. We light a candle tonight for the Christ who came and the Christ who still comes, interrupting all of our stories with an invitation to be still. God of flesh and blood, of morning prayers and late-night whispers, grant us, New eyes to see that all we have is here so that we will not miss what is here for what we don't even have will you say this with us the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot put it out
3: hey Merry Christmas everybody my name is Matt Moberg thrilled that you are with us tonight um, that we can, you know, as it's already been said a couple of the times, be together in this space at all, even if it does come with some masks attached, just to be in this space as we look for the light in the midst of the dark is always a good thing. It's always a helpful thing. Can I tell you the Christmas story? Well, it's um, a Christmas story. I don't, it's a good story. I don't know if it's that good to be the, it's more of an A than a the, but... Uh, it happened to me a couple of years back. It was um, when my family of five was just a family of three. Wyatt was just a baby. And Lauren and I were going over to her aunt's house for Christmas. Extended family celebration. This is prior to the arrival of all the kids when that was a more manageable thing to do. And so on our way over there, us three, Wyatt fell asleep in the back seat. And when we got there, I don't really know like Lauren's family that great at this point. At least the extended version of it. And so Wyatt fell asleep, and because of uh, the size of my servant heart and also my anxieties around mingling, I said, "Hey, I'll, I'll sit this one out. I'll wait in the car for him to wake up." And so I did. And Lauren went in, and that took about 10 minutes' time until Wyatt did wake up, and then we did go in. Now, again, proper context is required for the story that's about to unfold. I really didn't know much about Lauren's extended family at this point. I knew they were Belgian. I knew they gave good wedding gifts. That's kind of all I knew. So I grabbed my child. We walked from our car into the house, and I thought it was a relatively benign thing to do. But the moment that we stepped inside of that house, everything stopped. There was a room filled with people, the living room, I presume, who, who all of a sudden, they stopped doing what people do. They stopped their chitter chatter, they stopped like bantering back and forth. They all collectively creased their brows and focused on us as if we had just trampled on their hopes and dreams for all Christmases of all time. It was unbearable. And so I did what any of you would do. I avoided eye contact at all costs. And I immediately started taking off Wyatt's winter gear. Went for the hat, went for the robe. And if you've ever taken off a small child's winter gear, you know that's not the flip of a switch. That takes a minute to do so. That's a laborious, exhaustive activity. I am not kidding you when I say that during the whole duration of derobing my child, there was not one word spoken in this very full house of people Until I get to like the point in the struggle with Wyatt's coat, when uh, a lady speaks up and she says, "Uh, "Hey, can I help you?" And I said, "Uh, "No, I got it." He he just struggles with his arm in there. He's and he's not very compliant when he first wakes up. She goes, "No, no, no. Um, Who are you?" To which at that point I noticed, okay, so this is a dot and there's another dot I'm going to connect the two. I'm going to stand up and recognize the, um, well, I said, do you guys know Lauren? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody responded. One guy in the kitchen goes, I'm Larry, and I go, but I'm asking for Lauren, Larry. (laughs) This has nothing to do with Larry. This isn't what I pictured Lauren's aunt house to be like and the reason why is because it wasn't Lauren's aunt's house it was her neighbor's house and so we immediately put all the winter stuff into our arms I picked up my child who was dressed in like shorts at that and we ran out of the house as fast as we could I guess I'm bringing that up because I'm thinking about as we think about our 2021 Christmas story how many of you are stepping into stretches inside of this celebratory season where you are stepping and you're looking around you and going like you know This isn't really what I pictured it would be like. Like it's not exactly what I thought it would be like. I thought things would be a little different by now. Case in point being today. If you were to ask me at the beginning of 2021, if Christmas 2021 would be celebrated at 7 p.m. on a 45 degree day that had some rain and we still are wearing masks, I would have said doubt it. Don't think so. We should be beyond all that by now. And yet here we are our experience doesn't exactly line up with our expectation. And so consider your life. As you think about where you are as you step inside of this season, are you reading the room that you're in and going like, man, just not fully what I pictured. I thought I'd be further by now. I thought I I wouldn't still be caught up in some of, of those things back there. I thought I would have graduated, evolved, expanded beyond that. I thought I would be with somebody different by now. I thought I would drop something dysfunctional by now. This just, it isn't fully what I pictured. It's not exactly what I had in mind. And the more I've been thinking about this recently, the more I've realized how true that is, not just for me. I don't believe that I'm projecting just as an Enneagram 4. I actually think that's true for all of us because I think for all of us, we all have a picture with how our lives are supposed to go. And we all tend to be way too cocky, thinking that this is how it actually will go, thinking that we know what's going to happen on Monday before we even step into our Sundays, thinking that we know what our 30s will be like before we turn 22. I'm going to go here, I'm going to marry her, I'll work there, I'll look like that, I'll sleep like this, my house will be here, and then the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, but then comes that one day that rearranges the rest of your days and you find yourself standing inside of a room with all of these people looking at you going like, why are you here? And you're realizing like, wait a second, I have no idea why I'm here. This, this isn't what I pictured. This isn't what I thought it would be like at all. All of this has made me think a lot about Joseph when I've considered the Christmas story. Because though he's not quoted once in the totality of all of the scriptures, which is ridiculous when you consider the fact that a donkey and many demons have talking parts inside of all of the scriptures. But though he's not quoted once, if you would have passed the mic to Joseph, I think what you would have heard him say is that, listen, this just, it isn't what I pictured it would be. It's not what I thought it would look like. In fact, you know what you wouldn't have heard him saying? He wouldn't be singing falsetto to this is the most wonderful time of the year. He wouldn't be decking the halls with boughs of holly. Is it boughs or balls of holly? I never really... Boughs of ho- Boughs of ho- He wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't be singing, uh, Mary, do you know? In fact, he would be screaming, Mary, what have you done? Mary, what did you do? Just consider Joseph's story and entertain me for a moment. Joseph was somebody who had a plan for his life. Joseph was a carpenter. Carpenters are good with numbers, measurements. They, have, they don't just set out and follow their hearts like artists do. They, they need to make sure that this piece is going to go there and that piece is going to go there. And all the pieces need to be accounted for, identified, broken down. The plan needs to be put into motion and the plan needs to be executed to a T. Joseph had a plan. Joseph had an understanding. And Joseph had a path that he was starting upon. He had found a girl. He was betrothed to that girl. Now at that time, that's like a legal binding contract. And so when you hear that, it's not just like, oh, they were fiancés. No, they were essentially married. They they just hadn't done what married folks do. Or at least Joseph hadn't done what married folks do. But then there was this one day when Joseph and Mary, they went to go meet with some caterers to talk about an upcoming ceremony. When Joseph looked over at Mary and he noticed there's a curve underneath your dress. And then he looked up at her eyes and they were filling with tears. And all she could say was, I know how it looks. But it's not what it seems. If we tell this story every year, step into it once a while and consider what would you have done if you were Joseph? Joseph. What would you have done, but walk away in that moment? Yes, it was just a small curve in her body, but this one bump in Joseph road would completely destroy all of his plans for his life. Everything that he had set into motion had suddenly come to a stop. And I've been thinking about that a lot this Christmas. I don't know why it hasn't struck me before, but I have been stuck on this idea that the greatest hope That humanity has ever been given was simultaneously the greatest disappointment that Joseph would ever know. That when the weary world chose to rejoice, Joseph probably wasn't joining along. What we praise as the fulfillment of a promise, Joseph held as kind of like the debris from what was his plan. This isn't what he pictured. This isn't how he saw it all shaken out. And he ends up doing, I guess, what I would say that we all kind of end up doing to some extent or another. He comes to the decision that this thing fell apart. It did not go as it should have gone. And so I am going to end it in quiet. I'm going to divorce it quietly. I'm going to let it go. I'll go back to my shop. You go on your way. Good luck with your things. I'll take care of mine. This isn't what I pictured. And so I'm going to step outside of this picture. I'm just going to divorce. Quietly, Listen, I know that I hold the office of a pastor. But I think if you were to ask Debbie and I, we would both say that there are many days we feel like divorce lawyers. Many days where we spend hours with people who set out and stepped out to be something, do something, find someone and got hurt. And now they're trying to figure out if they should just divorce that whole dream altogether. Go back to where it's safe. Matter of fact, last week I caught a call from a girl who had survived, and I don't use that word lightly, had survived a traumatizing relationship. And after years of trying to find stability in the aftermath, she met somebody new. And that should be exciting, that should be good, and it was terrifying. And she asked me, she said, How do I know that what had happened to me before won't happen to me again? What if it all goes up and goes down like it did before? And all I could say in sincerity was, yeah, that could happen. It it really could all be bad. But what if it all goes right? What if it isn't like it was before? What if the death of an old story is making space for the birth of a new one. What if the cross that came on that Friday actually could be bent and turned into an empty tomb on Sunday? It could go all wrong. I have no idea. But what if it goes right? What if you do get to enter into this new thing, this wider story, this picture beyond the picture that you held, and you find out that it is everything and more. It is both pain and beauty. It is life and loss. It is joy and agony, and it's not either or. You can't parse out those pieces. It's all tied up together, and it's good. The heavy and the hard. The valleys and the peaks. I mean, you you can say no to this idea. You can say no to that picture, and you can go back to your woodshop Joe. You can play it safe and you can stay alive. Or you can pursue substance and actually come alive. And take on everything that comes with that. This is why I think the Bible goes out of its way to make sure that while Joe doesn't do a lot of talking in the story, he is called a good man. They say that he is a good man in the story more than once. And there's a lot of different reasons, but my, my hunch is is that when you think about Joseph, and you think about what happened to Joseph, when his dream for his life died, he made the decision that his life as a dreamer wouldn't, that even though he took a crippling hit, he would continue forward, that there was more in store still, that when his picture came to an end, He trusted that that didn't simultaneously mean that his purpose would. He listened to the angel who spoke when he slept, like we are to listen to the angels who speak when we sleep. And the angel said to him what the angel says to all of us I know that when you wake up, you are waking up to a world that is hard. And I know that you're scared, I know that you're terrified. But the thing that you are running from is the very thing that God is present in. The angel tells Joseph that what's in her is from God. Can you hear the angels singing the same thing to you tonight? I'm not trying to be small, reductionistic, cliche or anything of that kind. But I think there's truth in these stories when we actually consider that even if it's not what you expected. What if God is still in it? Even if it's not what you would have preferred, what's in it is from God. Even if it's not what you had hoped for, what's in it is from God. Listen, one of the things I'm realizing and I'm hoping and I'm clinging to be true is that Christmas is not the declaration of darkness being eradicated from the, light, from the, the land. It's just the arrival of the light. No, it's still dark, still hard, still a pandemic. Still, punks on every corner, still, diseases, still, bullies, still, people who talk too much but know too little. The darkness is still here, but so is the light. The darkness takes a lot, but we will not give the darkness any more than it's already taken because we see the light. Joseph saw the light, and it couldn't have been easy. I think about Joseph being that guy where it's like he probably never really knew if God was actually in it. I think about Joseph after that moment, following forward and taking Mary home and spending the rest of his days looking cross-eyed at every guy in Bethlehem going like, why do you have the nose like my son and why are you showing up at my kids' baseball games? I don't fully know why you're here, but I'm trusting that this story is bigger than my five senses have relayed and made me believe. That there is more happening here than my initial reactions have led me to tell. And when Joseph set out and chose faith and came alive and trusted that the story was bigger than the scene he was in, it makes sense to me that he was tasked with the job of naming the child Emmanuel, the God who was actually with us. Because Joseph came firsthand with the reality that God is actually with him. Didn't have a lot going for him, but he did have that. And the more I live, tell me if I'm wrong. Not right now. But God with us is the best news out there. That you don't go through these days alone. I was at an AA meeting yesterday morning. We were going over the second step. We were talking about our relationship to the higher power. And we went around the table over, you know, coffee and donuts. And we all have different responses. And it's nice for me in AA meetings where I don't have to wear the pastor roll. Not that I can't be honest here. I feel like I can by and large. But this one girl, she said, you know, i got to be honest with you, I struggled. I stepped into AA a year ago, and I was under the impression that in doing so, um, this higher power that some of you speak real loud about, it would fix all of my problems. And yet here I am still driving a little slower by liquor stores than I thought I would be at this point. It didn't fix all of our problems. And then there's this older gentleman who was listening patiently on the other side of the table. And he said... First of all, broke the rules of Prostock, but he immediately responded to this girl, and I'm glad that he did because he said, "I remember feeling what you feel right now. I remember feeling like, is is this God thing a myth in my head that doesn't actually come through in reality? Is this like, why do I keep expecting the abracadabra, the magic, the 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 rabbi to come out of the hat and fix this, and it didn't happen?" But then I heard the Christmas story. He said, when I heard the Christmas story and I heard that the child of Christmas was not God will fix us, but God who is with us, I made it through the next 24 hours. And every day for 45 years, I have said the name Emmanuel. Just to remind myself that I don't know what's coming at me. But I do know who's going with me. We don't go at these days alone. And because we're not alone... Our story has never stopped. Even when it feels like the scene is bad, God is still here. Because God is Emmanuel. God with us. Pray with me. Jesus, you are good. You are faithful. You are here. Help us to be here with you. Help us to trust, God, that it is your proximity to us in our pain. It is your intimacy with us in our fears. When we're stepping out in faith... Because we think we might have heard something in a dream. God, meet us in those places where it's just not what we pictured. And give us the faith to trust that it still is our purpose. And that you have a bigger picture for it all. In Christ's name, we pray all these things. Amen.
0: A a weary world rejoices. That really hit me when Matt said that. Because I feel weary. I think a lot of us have felt weary in this past season. But there's a truth in this darkness and this light that we hold together. And I also could double, since I'm double his age, what he said about the older you get, the more you realize That that is the reality of our lives. That there is
2: great hope.
0: Because God with us matters. It means everything. And so when we come together, when we meet, one of our rhythms is to share in communion. And that's what we're remembering. We're remembering God with us. On the night before Jesus died, he took bread. And he broke that bread and he said, this is my body, broken for you. When you eat this, remember me. He took a cup and he poured wine into the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. The new covenant for everyone. When you drink from this cup, remember me. And so that's what we do. We take the bread, we dip it into the cup and we remember A God that stands with us in the joys and in the sorrows and in the pain and the heartache and the uncertainty. A God that stands with us. So you can take your cup and you can peel back that top. There's a wafer in there if you're new to this. And you can take that wafer and hear these words. The body of Christ broken for you. And as you drink from that cup, hear these words, the blood of Christ shed for you. And together, please stand and we'll pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
2: Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. See